you you look exactly as the same as you did from about seven hours ago. You you still have every time I see you, you have glitter. Do you ever just not have glitter? Does a day go by in your life when there's no glitter? I mean, not really. If you can't leave a little sparkle wherever you go, what good are you? From Stone Mountain, Georgia, and uh, north of the wall, um, way up in in East Cobb, Georgia, it is the Five Takes Podcast, and we are here with a Five Aside episode. Five Aside, I like that. I kind of like that. Yeah, a little play on um, like your your Five Aside uh, teams that you would, uh, your pub teams that you would have each week, and five things uh, aside from the normal takes that we do after each match that you need to know. I can totally vibe with that, actually. Like, that's actually really good. Kudos, Glenn. Yay. This is the first time you've ever complimented me on an intro or a title or anything. It's usually nothing well, but I animals. really like Five Aside. It totally works on multiple levels, and I'm one of those deep divey people. Correct. So, like, I, I like, I like, I like the subtlety. With this new thing that uh, may be or may not be reoccurring as we as we go forward, like I said, we have now merged with Inland United Fan TV with Michael and AJ. So we're trying some new things out. We're going to be trying some other things uh, going forward. And um, some may stick, some may not. We'll see if this one sticks. But we've got five things this week that we wanted to point out and talk about a little further. But before we jump into those, very quickly, we will shout out our sponsor, who continues to be our sponsor for all the variations of this pod, uh, Mason Mill Chiropractic, who I was at uh, just this past week. It felt very good. You should go see them. They are a chiropractor in town. They are the best chiropractor in town. They have been incredible to me and incredible to Kristen. They will be incredible for you. Give them a call at 404-321-0082. Eva, Ashley, or Rachel will get you set up with your appointment with Dr. Forisi or Dr. Cohen and occasionally Dr. Sherwood, who is still there. So thank you very much to them. We always appreciate them. Um, continuing to sponsor us and support us. And um, it's exciting for them that we're we're merging and growing because uh, it exposes them to potentially more clients. And I feel like um, most of the people who, who listen to this pod, that's kind of in their wheel, wheelhouse a little bit. People who are active, care about their health. Um, it's exciting, exciting stuff. Moving on. So first thing I want to talk to everybody about tonight is Caleb with the youth national team. Uh, they just this week, Got a win over Mexico, two uh, one in Phoenix. Uh, Caleb came in at the 60th minute, along with like five other players. It's just a friendly, so you can do a, a complete line change. More hockey references. Uh, can't get away from it. We're going to talk about hockey in every episode, some way, some form or other. N- nothing major uh, from him. Uh, he will not be featuring in the Pan Am games that are coming up. The um, for the first time since 2008, USA men have qualified for the Big Olympics. Deal. Crazy to think since 2008. I graduated college in 2008. Jennifer, what were uh, you doing? Raising a seven-year-old. I was raising a seven-year-old and kind of living in a hole. And um, yeah, no, I mean, I yeah, little kid. I was I had a little kid running around. She was uh, she was going to Hebrew mm. school. I was uh, I was kind of building my career, so I was I was in product management. But 
you know, I was traveling some, but, you know, for the most part, yeah, pretty much it was, you know, full-time mom, full-time job. And that was kind of my life at the time. Well, that's the last time that U.S. men have have featured there. Uh, women have been there uh, many times uh, since, but the men have not. And finally, we will be back. So the uh, the U23s, uh, which is the age limit, um, I think you have to have been born on or after January 1st, 2001, if I'm not mistaken, to qualify for the 2024 Olympics. I believe I have that right. But uh, it, it's a big deal. Look. I think it's been a huge developmental problem, personally, not being having played in the Olympics. I know it's kind of a weird event, but it does give kids this opportunity to play for silverware, play international competition at a decent level, you know, maybe not top, top level, obviously. But having not had that, you know, the our guys who are our, our starters right now, your Pulisics, your um, your your Weston McKinney's and and so forth, your Tim Reams. Uh, well, maybe Tim. He's 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 grandpa of this. He may have. Uh, I'm not sure if he ever has played the Olympics. Um, point being that these guys never had those opportunities growing up, and it may have been really beneficial for them. So I'm happy to see um, us back in it, and it might give players that are currently on the starting, you know, for the the starting for the men's team, like a Geo Reda. Um, like a Yunus Musa, uh, an opportunity to to go, which I imagine they will be called up. Think that could be a good thing. I mean, Greg won't be um, coaching, uh, obviously, but it gives these players an opportunity to just play meaningful, meaningful minutes. And I imagine you're allowed to bring three players over 23. So... Imagine like a Christian Pulisic. We were just debating whether or not a a Matt Turner would be called up. You are thinking perhaps that maybe not. You might actually go with the current goalie, uh, Schulte, and and keep I think him that uh, I think you know from what we saw of Schulte last week, and obviously you know he played. It looks like the numbers were relatively decent um, against Mexico. I, I just don't know that you would bring in a out of season form. You know, while veteran leadership presence, whatever, all, all those things being said, I don't know that you would bring that in when you could have someone like a Miles Robinson come in, anchor your back line and who, you know, is still young enough to know a lot of the kids in the system um, and has been, you know, training right. with the Federation. I think, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, what the Olympics and being in the Olympics means, I think it speaks volumes for you know, as much as we all like to complain about the Federation, you had to start from somewhere because we were literally in the toilet from a developmental perspective, especially on the men's side. And now we're about to have the same problems with the women's side because we, you know, the world has kind of flipped on, you know, flipped on its end and there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. So getting the men's team to the Olympics is, is really a big deal for us developmentally in that regard. And then, you know, also when you talk about, what it feels like to play on a world stage, right? Like that, you can't replicate that moment. Lots of eyes on you, you real pressure. That moment, and you go to some place like the world. No, you go to some place like the World Cup, or you know, we don't really have the equivalent of a of a UEFA here. You know, people don't necessarily take Champions League, you know, Concacaf Champions League, in the same vein. 
Yeah, it, Kathy, it's not right? the same it's, thing. So where else are it's not. your players, for the most part, unless they're playing for the very elite of elite clubs, which most of them do not. I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with Fulham, but Fulham's not playing, you know, seven different tournaments because they're that good. We have a handful of players. It's it's a good thing to expose them to this type of t- a tournament, even if they're not playing the and, full and that's another reason why I think from Germany yeah, or from wherever what, you're still playing right. really good players in really high pressure situations with real silverware on the line. And you cannot replicate that feeling and, that and pressure to tie it back to Atlanta United. Like we look at some of the places where we were just a hair behind or just a, just a pass off or just a goal off. Like, you know, we had a lot of youth and inexperience last year, and now we got a bunch of, you know, different, you know, new players that are coming in. It's, it's that they're not used to playing in the, oh my gosh, everything, you know, together in the, oh my gosh, everything matters. We have to do this right now kind of mentality. And it's just, there's no, there's Mm -hmm. no real way to train for it other than to put yourself in the situation and make some mistakes and learn from them. But I also think, you know, going back mm-hmm. to the three over 23 players that were allowed, it may also be kind of a reward for Miles because, you know, he missed out on the World Cup, not by any fault of, you know, his own. Um, but, you Injury. know, here's yeah. kind of a way to, like, keep him sharp, keep him in the fold, make sure he knows, you know, wherever he goes next year, whatever happens. But at least, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I think he could be one of the people that they tap that's overage on the roster. Yeah. I think I think it's a good shout, and there's something to be said for like keep Schulte in goal because he already has an understanding with his back line and how he communicates with them, and that'll be different than Matt Turner just popping in for a tournament where he's not playing with these guys regularly. But you still have some veteran leadership if you bring in a guy like Miles who could more readily plug into that without kind of rocking yeah. the boat. As it and were, think, you know what I'm saying? And so I think if I think you look at the, the, the roster as it is right now, there's a lot of MLS players on there, right? Like there's, you know, it, it's yes. probably, uh, heavy, which heavy, is great heavy for MLS, MLS, right? Look at all this talent we have that's qualifying for the Olympics and mm-hmm. that's good for the league in general. And that's probably a consequence of having not played in the Olympics for over a decade. They got nowhere else to go. They got nowhere else to work. Um, right. So yeah, these we haven't had the chance to have these kids play in international tournament and get international eyes on them. This, this is an opportunity for these kids and their kids to not just win something for themselves and their country and the team, but you know, scouts be watching this stuff and you're playing for more than trophies. Every time, every player knows this, you're playing for future contracts that you don't even know about that. You don't even know a club's looking at you. It's a massive opportunity for them as individuals, more than just it is as an opportunity for us. I I also think, you know, if you're going to have that many MLS people in there, MLS style of play is not the same as Premier League and it's not the same as Bundesliga. Um, You know, so I think it it may be Mm -hmm. beneficial to have somebody if the majority of your player group is coming from one league to have the, the organizer, you know, also be from the same league. So at least there's, you know, some semblance of balance because they're not going to have, you know, a gazillion hours worth of, you know, free time, you know, practice because they're going to be in mid-season for MLS. So, you know, just from the standpoint of, of logistics, yep. I think, you know, it would make more sense to have Schulte versus a, a Matt, you know, a veteran come in and take one of those old over age spots now, you know. Agreed. Moving on to veterans, the full U.S. Ooh. men's team. 
a disappointing 3-1 loss to Germany. Uh, a weakened Germany, a no, not a full they strength. They played a whole bunch of Germany. kids. Pretty, pretty, pretty disappointing. I mean, the first half looked great. Pulisic, he looks as confident as ever. Probably consequence of having left Chelsea. <laughs> it does a world of good for you when you get the hell out of this club. He's thriving at AC Milan, and he looks like he's yeah. enjoying his football. Yeah. The joy is back, and that was a worldie that he hit. Great goal, great touch, dribbles, gets to the edge of the box and just hits a curler. Wonderful. Um, and then from then on, the second half was just as terrible. Not enough pressure on the ball. And that was even in the case in the first half, to be to be fair, um, especially in and near our 18. We were effective on the counter. I thought we looked pretty good um, uh, with our counter pressures and counter attack. We got in transition, looked really nice. Second half was just a disjointed disaster. And unfortunately, Greg g -g 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 isn't going to be able to excuse these matches away as just friendlies, which we had just talked about. Like outside of Copa, maybe a gold cup. These are the only real opportunities we're going to have. We've already right. qualified. And when we are playing top tier opponents like a Germany, they matter. And they have to be yeah. taken seriously and evaluated seriously. We can't just like, okay, uh, we'll pull such and such player now, you know, because, eh, you know, it's friendly. We don't want to hurt anyone. True. But these are the opportunities to like show us, like implement the ideas because we have less than three years. Like it's, it's already I, I go think, time. I think my issue with, with Greg, 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 uh, however you want to call it. Like, is, is it, there's still no, like there's a German identity of football. There is an English identity of football. There is an Italian identity of football. There is certainly a Brazilian and an Argentinian idea of football. Uh, what is the U S identity of football? I don't think it's Greg Burhalter ball. Uh, and and I don't think one Gio Reyna is the savior that this team needs. And and I don't think it's a lack of talent. I think it is. Nor is it a flow Balligan. I mean, he didn't look that dangerous. And I still think, to, in his defense, I'm not I'm not shitting on on Balligan. Uh, I don't think the team quite knows no. how to find him in dangerous positions yet. And it just looked like the team was trying to figure out some ideas of what to do. And I'm going to make another hockey reference that you're going to love, but it reminds me, it reminds it. me yeah. of the whole, it's from your favorite movie. Uh, when the, the miracle, right. When the, when the Soviet, when the Soviet yes. Olympic team comes and absolutely demolishes the NHL all-stars and like everybody's in this panic about it. Right. And mm -hmm. what does Herb Brooks do? Herb Brooks institutes a system an identity, this is going to be USA hockey, right? And the All-Stars, you know, they can have all the talent in the world. We can have all the talent in the world on the pitch. If they're not a cohesive unit, playing as a cohesive unit, they might as well not even come out of the locker room against somebody like Germany. Who knows who they are? Who knows, you know, those kids, it's plug and play. They've been doing that since they were 12. They know exactly what is going to be expected of them. You know, you may tweak formation a little bit. You may move some pieces around here and there, but there is still, you know, it's, you know, German press. Here you go. That's what you get. So I don't know. I think we got, we, we, we have some fast, fast figuring out to do because we have the talent to finally be successful on a more global level from the national team perspective. But I don't think we are putting the pieces together in the right way. 
And I don't think current I think, org structure is the, are, are necessarily the personnel to do that. Yeah, and I'm worried Greg is going to just start a little too much experimenting. Like as a national team, when you're coaching, I think it's all about simplicity because these guys are not playing regularly together. They're they're all playing in different systems and different styles right. of play, every single one of them with their clubs. And it's difficult to, as a player, put all that aside, how you play for Milan, how you play for uh, uh, Ajax and this club and that club, you know, and Fulham or wherever you're, you're playing your, your club ball at Nashville um, and come in. Okay. Now we're doing this system. That, that system has to be so clearly defined and keep it simple. And I'm worried that that's not going to happen. And as maybe results don't come and we get a little worried, like you can't use Uzbekistan as a measuring stick. You cannot use, you know, Qatar as a measuring. This is what happens when we go up against Germany. (laughs) And, and, and and frankly, I I hope that when it comes down to scheduling friendlies in the next, you know, 12 months or so that they take a long, hard look at that and go after some competition that is really going to test them. Right, because you're not going to learn anything. They have to from continually being up on the Paraguay's of a war of the world. Not that you could actually beat up on Paraguay these days. That was a bad call, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I, I understand what I understand no, what you're like, saying. Like, yeah, if we're going to be right, if we're going to take the time to play somebody yeah. from here forward, it can't no, be Uzbekistan. It, it needs to be. It needs to be, real. and it, it needs to not be Concacaf either. We've played them enough. It needs to be European or South American. It needs to I be mean, top I would, European country or South I mean, American. Sure, like uh, in Argentina, in Brazil. That I think you could look at doing. The African teams are very much on the rise. I would not be mad at a match against Senegal or sure. Ghana uh, or uh, or Morocco, especially or Nigeria. Um, and I think you know Japan, Morocco Korea, too. Like, there's yep. plenty of global competition. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a South Korea game, a Japan game. That you would know, be great I mean, too. I, think of- um, I would love the Super Eagles from from Nigeria. I'd love to play them. Um, Just saying, there's plenty of global Ghana, global competition yeah, out yeah, there yes. that is not in your backyard that's going to test what you're able to do and hopefully help you develop out a system that makes sense utilizing the talent that we have because we do have the deepest talent pool we've had in the better part of 20 years. Yeah, I agree. The talent is there. We need the execution and the ideas of, you know, and that communication to, to match the talent yeah, level, agreed. essentially. All right, moving on to the biggest part of this and the most complicated part of this. Atlanta United's playoff scenarios coming into I don't decision know how day. your head did not explode putting all this together. Here's essentially how how it kind of breaks down. We know based on you know, we only have one match left. The only other uh teams that have a midweek fixture uh don't affect us at all is Miami and Charlotte. Yeah. Miami's already out and Charlotte's fighting they win these last two or some combination they could get into a a wild card spot but those don't affect us either so just throw those out uh out the window as far as its impact on atlanta immediately coming up for this best of three uh new playoff scenario where um second place will play seventh uh third will play sixth and fourth will play fifth uh first place cincinnati is going to play um you know, the, the winner of the, the wild card uh, game, eighth or ninth place is what they'll effectively end up playing. Whoever wins out of that eighth or ninth, which Charlotte has a chance to, to do. Good luck to them. The best place that Atlanta can finish is fifth. It's as high as we can get. We will finish fifth, sixth, 
or seventh. We cannot finish lower than seventh. We cannot finish higher than fifth. Now, as far as who we're likely to play, let's start with Orlando. The only way we can play Orlando is Nashville. They must win against the New York Red Bulls on Saturday. And all games kick off at uh, 6 o'clock. And I will be there for the Cincinnati game. But Orlando... Uh, for us to play them, Nashville must win against the Red Bulls. Who are still technically alive and in the wild card race. Correct. Correct. They are. They are They are still there. They are on 40 points with uh, alongside uh, Chicago. Um, and, uh, well, Montreal is on 41. And uh, um, DC's, DC's at, at 40. But they're out because they don't, right. they don't play. Um, they're already... They're already out. So throw DC out the water. They're done. Um, because somebody is going to win or or draw and right. knock DC out uh, effectively. So Nashville must win against the New York Red Bulls. We must lose or draw against Cincinnati. If we lose, we'll be on 50 points. And if um, Orlando's already got the uh, second place uh, locked up, if we get a draw, we'll be on 51 points. And that doesn't move us ahead uh, in the table at all. If we want to move ahead in the table up to potentially fifth, we have to win to give us a chance of that because New England is on 52 points and we are on 50 points. If we want to leapfrog New England, we must win. If we want to slide into that fifth Philly, which is where it gets interesting because Philly is currently in third on right. 55 third place plays um sixth place currently we would play philadelphia which you know given my choice i'd rather play new england new so, england's the only thing that looks remotely pretty in that like spectrum of us. yeah just because of the way things are They're going with them right now three losses in a row and, well, i mean look yeah which we still don't know what they, happened they with actually Arena, fought the their, you, know, no you know like this is the interesting thing like you know i think you were you were saying earlier this week that nashville beating red bull was like a foregone conclusion and you know what they coughed up too late to new england i don't know how I, how solid that makes me feel about nashville going in there it would be a very difficult uh i mean you know I, i'm not saying you know orlando would be a very difficult series with a lot of heat behind it um mm-hmm. mm, none of it makes me feel good um you know new england is a cluster but new england played us really really well now granted i think we were robbed in new england by refing so you know that's you know that that's yeah you, you can't blame but we can't blame we can't put it on the rest so let's say atlanta let's say we win and we get three points we're sitting on 53 let's say new england wins their match against philadelphia that would put new england right. on 55 tied with uh philly on uh who's also on 55 points but they would get them on goal difference yeah yeah um, there's philly no way there's no way 17 new england goals. scoring new england's on 11 goals. so new england is not getting no. third place no. not possible it's not possible but they could slide into fourth which would then potentially if we win our match that would keep us that would still keep us in six no, would be, it not um let's say columbus loses columbus is playing montreal who 
who uh, is down in eighth and is not a factor for us. Let's say Columbus loses and they stand on 54 points and we're on 53. We would still be in sixth. Uh, New England would move up to the fourth spot. Columbus would move down to the um, fifth spot and we would still (laughs) be playing Philly. Philly is the most likely. Yeah, I'll, I'll... It's the most gonna, I, I really think it's them. either going to be Philly or, or Orlando. New England has to, even a draw, like goal difference, New England's on 11, right. plus 11. We're on plus 13. It's pretty close. And that could come into play um, if they were to get a draw. Yeah, if they get a draw. 12 goals? Well, depending well, on how many goals they score. Into, we we have two on fifth them. Because if they get a draw, we'll be even on, and we get a win. Right, and we get a win. This is all predicated on Atlanta getting a win. Uh, All of it. It, I know at Cincy. I know, I know. Um, But the only way we're moving into fifth, first of all, we must win, right? And New England must at least least draw draw. and also not score more than two two more goals than us. Than than what we score, correct? Which is why. Philly remains the most likely scenario, but let's, let's say it happens. Let's say we get the win and new England loses. Right. Um, and we slide into fifth new England slides into, uh, sixth. Um, and then we would play Columbus. uh, Columbus. You said Columbus has Montreal, right? Columbus has Montreal. You know, look, Montreal, is it home or away from Montreal? Uh, Columbus is at home. That's true. Yeah, I know. So then if this is where it becomes even trickier now, let's say Columbus wins. They could they could leapfrog Philly. Philly. <laughs> um, actually, really, all, all Columbus needs is like if, if Philly loses, then they would just right. need a draw. Uh, Philly has their destiny in their, their own hands. All they need is a win. And they will lock up their third spot from um, Columbus. Orlando is already locked up at second. Nobody can touch them. Obviously, nobody can touch Cincinnati. Um, But let's say we win. Let's say New England loses. And let's say Columbus loses. Then we would be at fifth, correct? Yes. New England would be at six and we would play Columbus. I wouldn't want that at all. Let's say we win and uh, Columbus wins and Philly draws or loses, bumps them down to well, fourth. Philly's playing Columbus, so if then, Columbus wins, then that's going to knock Philly down to fourth. To fourth, and then we would be in fifth, and here we are playing Philly once again. How much do you D5. hate the idea of playing um, Philly in the playoffs? Not that much. I take them over Columbus because I think I, I just think Columbus is a better team, and I think we have more more trouble with them. I think we can get Philly. I think we can get at Philly. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't come off, but I just feel like they're a more known entity. Like you just got to execute the right way against Philly. I think Columbus is just quality, and you can execute your game, and you think you've got them figured out. You know how to play against Columbus. I just think they got too much talent. I think they're a harder. They have one Atlanta driver that just makes them so much better than they seem on paper. Yes, one of the all-time great moments in Atlanta sports history. 
we've run through a couple scenarios, probably not every scenario of how, you know, Atlanta could end up in sixth or fifth. Let's say we end up in seventh. How would that happen? Well, Nashville, we for sure, we would have to, it has to end with us either drawing or losing. And Nashville needs to win against Red Bulls, which Red Bulls would hate because they're fighting for their lives um, as well. They're going to have, Nashville's going to have a tough go of it. I think the hardest go of it are the teams that are going to be playing um, for their lives, like Chicago uh, playing New York City, who's already out um, and, and can't can't do much. Well, I guess, no, New York City's yeah. not technically out. They're on 38, uh, 41, a little harder, and they would need some help. Nashville's going to have a tough go of it. Red Bulls is already annoying. Red Bull's playing for their lives. But they are, but Nashville is at home. Um, you have much better record at home. Yes. Uh, you know, props to our yep. props to our friends up at the uh, up at Mixtape 615. You know, y'all are doing a great job up there. Yeah, they got the bill. You know, I mean, Good for you. Um, Nashville has to win. If Nashville wins, they're currently sitting on 49 points, one point behind us at 50. If they win, they'll be on 52. If we were to draw, yep. they're still ahead of us. If we lose, they're definitely ahead of us. And we would drop down into seventh. Um, and then, most likely, we would then be playing. Well, no, it's not who? most likely. It's 100%. Or... We play Orlando because they're sitting in two. Orlando. Yep. Um, which I talked about at the beginning of this thing. Um, the only way we play Orlando is if Nashville wins. Now, the Red only, the now if we um, both lose, right, uh, I doubt Nashville. Nashville, isn't Nashville five, and yeah, Orlando. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, um, and Atlanta, Nashville and Atlanta. If we both Atlanta. lose, we're staying in yeah. we're staying in six and because they're not going to score. We're staying six and five seven. Fifty-forty-nine. Yeah. Yep. And then we would play who? Yeah, Philly. Philly. Well, the Philly. Most likely, Philly or unless Columbus, I unless going to be Philly or Columbus that we would. Yeah. Right. Unless Columbus wins right. and Philly loses. So, as much as I want to play New England. It's really unlikely. unlikely. It's going to be Philly or Columbus. And who did you want out of those two? I'd rather, I'd rather have Philly. Philly I mean, you know, the the only, my biggest concern about actually having Philly is, is getting everybody out of there in one piece, frankly, because just, you know, (laughs) right. For the next, I I, look, the next game, Philly, we have beaten Philly handily. It's it, it is a matter of keeping our heads. If we can keep our if if Atlanta United can keep their heads, uh, they can be had. Maybe we we grind out a draw, get them in pens, come home and. Do I it. mean, it, it could be done. Yeah, it, there, there's right. any number of ways that it could be done. But our offense is better than their offense. Their offense is opportunistic. Their offense is not structured to go in and break down a press. Right. Um, it's a it's a style of play that we actually match up relatively well against when they're not rolling around on the ground and whining like little children. <laughs> Fair enough. Or maybe it'll maybe it'll work out that you know it could be like what the unified team has has done this season, uh, something that the the first team has not. And I'll get to that in a second when we get into our unified update. Um, win both of the matches <laughs> on the road. What if we go to Philly and win win? Done. At where do they play? It's Is it it's Subaru Park, Park yeah, right? They still it's play not Philly, Park. it's Chester. Give them their due. And let me let me tell you, let me tell you right now, if we draw Philly in the playoffs, uh, I'm expecting you in the supporter section with all of us, uh, wearing a giant yes, party be hat there. because I will be bringing in three cases be of party hats 
for the supporters section against Philly. There. It's a thing. I'll be there. It's a thing. I'll be there. It's it's a date. Save it. I'll, I promise I'll be there. Um, win our first road match on them in this best of three. Lose home and go back and win on the road. That that would be wild. That would be wild. It's something actually, and moving on to the unified team, that um, they've done this season. So Atlanta United's unified mm-hmm. team, which we love um, and has, has been a thing for, for a while now, they did something this season that no unified team has has done in the past. They went undefeated for the entire season. So they got the 3-1 win uh, against Dallas way back on September 3rd. A three-one win. Goals from Xavier Harrison, Liam, and Liam Stewart. Uh, Xavier got a got a brace, and I love. Oh, his I know he's awesome. He I love these kids so much. Joy. They also got a road win against New York Red Bulls, and um, so that's two road wins. Something uh, Atlanta United teams have not been historically great at. And then we drew at home versus Charlotte. Yeah, pretty great. Um, but also, I mean, the unified team's not a about winning or, or, or losing, but fuck it, I want to win. Um, is the it's the first time, in, so we've been doing yeah. this for about seven years now. Um, they, they've been undefeated, and it's a it's a wonderful thing. And um, as far as I know, signing day, uh, which is the event that's up at the Atlanta United training ground, uh, where they they sign all these kids to to professional contracts. Can these I are, tell these you are that is they my are, favorite paid. thing that I get to do as a supporter. I think it's one of the players' favorite things too. Like oh Goose loves it. He's he's all in. You know, on, on we the were we were all team. talking when they traded uh, Andrew Gutman when they when they moved Andrew Gutman out to Colorado because man, did he get into it this season? He mm. was he and Derek Etienne Jr. Oh, were like banging on the drums and doing all the, the drums. Dances, like, no, they had the drums. And, and Let's it was go! Really, really awesome. And it's not. It's so wonderful from these guys like like Etienne, even though he, sadly he hasn't worked out this year, but. Um, or Gutman, who's now gone, or Goose, when they're at these events for these kids, it's not the club. Hey, will you come out and do this no, for us, please? We stand here and hold the drums. They want to be there, and they they're taking it on their own to be as involved and as excited and pumped up and just rah rah on these kids because they're feeling it. Well, you know what I mean? Like it's genuine. Love, you know, it's I have to tell you, like as supporters, like we love doing things for the team. And I, you know, I, I always, you know, unfortunately, my okay, well, not unfortunately, my daughter was graduating from college uh, for the Charlotte home match, so I was unfortunately not able to be there for the. Well, I, it was and, awesome. and I love it. And I love that, you know, they let everybody go down and get into it. And, you know, mad props to the Capos because they keep it going the full forty-five, and everybody gets into it. And yep. everybody was you know, singing and, and that's chanting. The thing, you, you know, if you, if you watch the streaming of the away matches for the unified team, you know, you just don't necessarily see it from other clubs. I don't know how well everybody publicizes it or lets people know. The, this club goes the extra mile for it. Also shout out to, to Joe Fryhofer, um, our, one of our Atlanta United uh, personalities who does a lot of the, the promo videos with players of the team and is usually uh, at, at midfield and halftime doing fan events and things like that. He was on the call for the, oh. the Dallas match, him, him and Jason. He was doing um, play-by-play, wow. Joe was. And I'm, yeah, and I'm telling you, he nailed it. And he did these kids right. He did them justice. It was a professional call. Of these kids, just like you would expect to hear a play-by-play calling 
any match and, and in you the know world. What? They any they two eat. teams, the exact same way, the exact same breakdown and analysis, like it was the real deal. It's so fucking cool t- for these kids to get this opportunity. It's real, and the, and there's it's not. They're given this. The club is given that the same amount of reverence that they would with the first team in terms of the exposure, the hype. Um, you know, even when the the Charlotte match that you missed, we had the goal calls on the loudspeaker. It, it had everything. It was a real game. It was a but real there, game. That's the thing that they have it always so done so well with this program is it has never been. It's, oh, it's this on the side. No, no, no. They're treated exactly the same way. They do the same media walkthroughs with their contract signings. They do, you know, the pictures with the jerseys and everything like that. It's a real, you know, it's, it's, it's not any lower level. Guys, get out to signing day if you can. It'll be in mid-March, like it always is uh, for 2024. I mean, if you can at all make it out, it's a great event. And also if you, if you have um, experience in this realm or um, maybe you have, have a child that that's special needs and you just want to be more involved with the unified team and, and what they're doing, community outreach, email them um, community at atlantaunited.com. They're always looking for people. They're always looking for more support to make this an even bigger thing than it already is with this club and the hope is that other clubs see what's going on here and it just keeps it's going. Just, it's just, you going know what, frankly, it's going. another way that like in being a big club, like we continue to correct. Yeah. It's part, it's part of, it. of it's, it. It's, it's a standard that you set. It's, you know, it. it is about that. It is about that inclusivity across the board for, for everybody 100%. and having been around the special Olympics um, programs for, you know, many, many years. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of my yep. favorite things that I've ever been involved with or any kind of part of. So, and Kristen isn't here to t- talk about it. Um, she's, uh, I don't know. She's sick. She's dealing with back pain. She was here for, for a minute, but nope. she was not doing well. So we, we sent her, we sent her packing, uh, but she has, she has a special needs kid and yeah. it's tough. It's tough. And like she's talked about in the past, it's a, it's a really important thing, even more so when you are a parent of said child to to see these kids um get a real experience not just some like play thing that's oh, okay you know go out there and kick a ball around for 5 minutes no you hear your you hear your kid's name called over the loudspeaker you hear they a play by play call down on streaming the Halo on TV board, like, just like they do for the first come team on. i mean it's really they um, walk the kids out it, you guys have got to get involved with this it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing all right last thing and it's it's going to be a tricky one. It's not it's going to be something we're going to be able to address right now because the season's out of close, and um, but it will be something for next season. Ibarra, he is back physically, at least. Is he? Is Off he mentally his, back? Which must have been just the weirdest loan spell for him, considering everything that has gone down at Toronto, the fighting with coaches, the firing of coaches, all the drama oh with Insigne God, and Bernadeschi. Toxic, toxic, toxic. Not a great environment for him to be in in the terms that he left on. Look, the team has done well since he's left. The, the players that have come in have, have done well. So, you know, some brutal moves have to be made. But he's we believe he's he's physically back here. He can't join with the team. Like, he is not going to feature in the postseason of this match coming up at all. He's not traveling with the team. That 
That's it. Um, the question will be, does he stay for 2024? Should he stay? And, you know, if he were to stay, and if he was going to feature in a semi-starting capacity, who's who's sitting? Where are we now from? I mean, it's weird to think three, four months ago, we were like, how's this team function without Ibarra? And now we're like, mm-hmm. I, I still think there's a spot for Ibarra right now. As You know, if he comes back in and I, you want I that want an enforcer, enforcer right? right? And I think, I think Santi Sosa is gone. We're going to sell him in the off season. Um, we're going to buy 100%. And, and I think at the end of the season, we'll do a, a sort of a uh, keep sell loan feature. We'll go through the roster. Okay. Uh, the players that are that are still with us and decide. I mean, you know, it's almost the way the playoffs are lining up. It's almost a shame that um, we couldn't bring him in because I feel like you know, especially in late minutes where you need more defensive minded and you need some. Could have been that kind yeah, of you need surprise some, you need game changer. Yeah, you need some muscle. You know, you need you need a Larry. You need a Larry to come in, move, bitch, get out the way, get out the way, bitch, get out the way. Uh, we still mm-hmm. don't have that. And uh, in my mind, it would be one of those things where he and Hosetu would be a little bit interchangeable at, with the roster as is. This assumes no changes, no, you know, we don't bring anybody else in, right? Or, you know, whatever it is that we, you know, but like if we're assuming basic roster like this, that that would be my flip-flop is, you know, depending on what the situation calls for, it's an interchange between him and Hosetu. So you think he stays? I, I, you know, I, I think Do that that's think that's he... assuming, you know, that's taking the yeah, mental it's assuming a lot of anguish aspect out of it. That was my second question to you. Strategically, you feel like, yeah, good for the team. Does he want to? I, you know, it, and that's that's a really really tough call because I mean, what he played four hundred and forty minutes does. for Toronto since he was there, and I think he wants to. I think he wants to keep getting paid too. I think the team would welcome him back. I think as soon as he hits the lock. Well, look, I mean, he was the surprise of the first half of the season because nobody expected him to come. Yeah, nobody expected him to play that way, and then to turn around and get Mm -hmm. shipped off to literally the wooden spoon team. And I did not have me badly missing Franco Ibarra or even him having an option to be missed that any of that would have happened, that he would have been shipped off to Toronto or anywhere, or that it would have made much difference if he was. He yeah. made a case for himself. So I, I, I feel like, you know, I, again, I don't know how much bad blood, and it's and it's not bad blood with the players, right? I don't even think it's bad blood with with Gonzo. I think it's absolutely bad blood with upper management. And are you, you know, are Agreed. you going to wind up with a Joe? You know, and, and look, he's not Joseph, but like, is that the kind of mental situation that you're dealing with? And it, how, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need toxicity in the locker room we need more of this like you look at the socials and everybody's like kidding you know whatever we need more of that gelling we need more of the labanda we need more of everybody having barbecue whatever so if there's any hint of dissent that could spread i think it would be on gonzo first and foremost to get it out of there so i think that's the discussion is like look are you going to be able to really bury the hatchet here and come back and be you know, fully bought into this without thinking about, well, what the hell's going to, you know, Boca going to do with me next. And if he does do something, are you going to be Mr. Resentful? You know, like that's, that's the thing. Are you going to come in here and be a team player at this point? And so, and, and it's a, it's a big ask of a young kid who, you know, I mean, look, he's 21 years old, right? Like that's a lot of mental maturity to ask of him. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I think it's a big ask. 
I think that's totally fair. I think you've kind of summed everything up as far as like what he's going to be contemplating, um, where his headspace may or may not be at. Because I think you're you're not wrong. He wanted to be here. Like that was what he said. You know, and it, you know, going out is like please we, don't we, send we me. have a team. Yeah, we have a team go. that's good yeah. enough to to win the league, and you're sending me to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I, you know, and I mean, I get it. Like I'd be pissed too. I would be real damn pissed. Yeah. They they. Well, they didn't have the wooden spoon locked up uh, at that point because Miami was still Miami, right, old right. Miami, um, you know, at, at that point. But it was going to take something massive for them to turn this thing around and nothing yeah. massive happened for them positively yeah. anyhow in the summer. And it, it didn't look likely if the biggest move they're making is bringing in Franco <laughs> Ibarra on on loan and that's that's no, no disrespect no. To, to franco Ibarra. he was never going to go in there and change that team and to be fair short of a, a messy type signing i i don't know i mean look miami nearly made the playoffs and look what it took for them they had to, to nearly by, make they the playoffs from where they were it was going to take something yeah. similar with toronto and they already kind of well and and, and look even buying know, splash the as much cash as they could buying, already and even so buying what else they barca do? uh they couldn't get over the hump and even with that, they couldn't. It was. It's just too much. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's so I mean, you know, it'll be interesting, and, and it will be interesting given a full season with U.S. Open Cup, Leagues Cup, you know, Champions League now for them. Uh, it'll be real interesting to see how uh, their players hold up over the course of what is that? You know, potentially forty, fifty matches. That's a lot of soccer for some very old legs. All I'm going to say about that. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to this week's Five Aside episode. We will be back this weekend after Decision Day.